What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN. Yo, and this is your boy Manny Digital. Welcome back to the Fatherhood Podcast. So E, too, you, too you, soon, too soon. Sorry. <laughs> now we're good. It's perfect. It's perfect. So we were having a little uh, sidebar convo before we we started this. So you just you just got back from South Africa, right. shooting coming home South Africa. And uh, you had some interesting tidbits going, uh, talking about your trip as, I guess this is the first trip, this overseas trip that you've done as a father, right? Shooting, shooting these films. Yeah, this is the very first. Yep. So what was your takeaway from that? I mean, there's a lot of takeaways, but specifically what we were talking about is going into the trip. And my girl was really worried about it is that, you know, we tend to go into areas that sometimes people might seem, you know, think are sketchy or, or, or poor neighborhoods or whatever. We just, we don't go there purposely. We go wherever we, the artists are going to be at or wherever, you know, wherever our journey takes us, basically. And it tends to be just like how hip hop started here. It starts sometimes in, you know, underprivileged areas where there's, uh, you know, it's just poor neighborhoods. So going into the trip, I was like, you know, I was just kind of thinking like, ah, you know, now, as a parent, first of all, I got. I also go in thinking on all the trips that I have the responsibility for everybody's safety. Right. You put all that shit on your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so I don't take that lightly. So, so this goes without saying that I don't take that lightly in the previous trips. I yeah. haven't taken it lightly, but it was extra for me now with me being a father because usually the way I look at it is like I really don't care necessarily what happens to me. I mean, I do, but you know what I'm saying. It's like more of like let me take care of the team. Let me make sure we good. But if if we can get good content, I'll put myself a little bit at risk, you know, and kind of like I'm I'm betting. I'm betting on the whole idea that that hip hop protects us, as corny as that sounds, right? I'm betting on art and culture. That's and, the force that's the force field. You got hip hop yeah, as your force yeah. field. And I and I believe in it. I, I truly do believe in it. But you know, anything is possible and Things happen all the time, and there's political things that happen, and there's areas that, you know, like, if you've never been to a certain part of the world or a certain country, you don't know the dynamics, you don't know the politics, you don't know what's going on internally, you don't know how powerful hip-hop is there. So hip-hop yeah. might not be a good force field there. And so I did hear some things here and there before we went that, you know, look, you know, it, it's all good, but this is it's, it's very dangerous um, in South Africa. And, they, you know, the same thing that I hear in every country we go to, which is the kind of the point that we're trying to make to dispel some of these, like, preconceived notions of these different places and to just show the brighter side of it in the, in the art and culture side. So, anyways, we go, and I'm like, look, I don't – I was worried because I feel like if I start second-guessing myself, 
then it puts me in more danger, puts me and the team in more danger. Because mm. I won't think thoroughly and I won't see things clearly how I need to see them to make evaluate where, you know, where we should and shouldn't go. So I'm relying on, on local fixers, which were amazing people. Shout out to, to Tyler. Shout out to Salema Wrights, uh, an artist out of, out of Johannesburg whose family has a lot of history in South Africa. But, you know, so I, they really took care of us really well. But there's this one specific area in Cape Town called uh, the Cape Flats that uh, is a lot of things have been going on there lately. Like they've been having like a lot of like gang wars and and they've even sent in the military and all this stuff. And and, you know, we were told that this this organization that actually teaches hip hop to the youth goes into these areas, you know, not just in the hood. They go everywhere, but they go also into the hood. They were saying that they could, you know, basically they, they'll take us so we could see what they do and they'll take us into that area. And I was all good with it. I felt, you know, I felt good from the beginning. I was like, all right, cool, man. I, you know, I trust that these, you know, everybody, you know, will make sure we're good and take care of us. But then I started to notice that everybody in South Africa was, you know, everybody had a story about getting robbed or, or something happening. And it was like, a, like everybody from, from, from the biggest gangster rapper we met to, to just the, 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 you know, a young lady working at a bar, they're just all like, yeah, you know, you, you get robbed, you get held up, you get gunpoint, knife point, whatever. And so I, it got to a point where I was like, it, it felt that day that we were, when we were going to go, that we were kind of find, trying to look for these people to take us. And it started, the vibe for me started changing. And then, then, you know, the, the, the daddy side of me is like, you know, do I want to put, put myself and my team in this predicament? You know, knowing that it's, it's one thing to go into some of the hoods that we went into, that people told me, you know, I mean, when I came back to the States, South Africans are like, oh, I can't believe you went to this hood and that hood. But I know in this specific hood that we were about to go into, it's kind of hot right now. And so I started to kind of like, you know, fall back and say, maybe it's not a good idea that we go in there. And, I, and it has a lot to do with with me being a father now. And, and, and then, you know, also not just being a father, but also looking at the production, you know, because it isn't just about safety being a father. But I'm in, this is an independent film that I'm investing my own money in as well. Yeah. So financially, like, the, the, the least that could happen is that all of our equipment would get taken and I would be on the line for it. Right. And so that's something financially that I'd have to deal with, you know? So that's another thing that, that's taking basically food out of my daughter's mouth. So, you know, it got to a point where I just, like, pulled the plug on it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just not chase that. Let's not force that. And we just didn't, didn't do it. Do, do you feel like that's an example of it, but generally now that you're a dad and, and you're you know, still partaking in these, in these docs, do you feel like that instinct takes away from the experience and the process that you normally would have gone through? Or does it, or does it, I mean, just by, by virtue of increasing the safety, I guess my question is, does it take away from the, cinematic effect of or, or the I don't I don't culture. I don't think so because again I don't think these films are are built on going into some really dangerous neighborhood and proving that we can go to this neighborhood that is not the point in fact I'm anti these other filmmakers that do that because they're exploiting right you know the poor or exploiting the conditions in which these people you know, or why they're in these conditions, you know? And my whole thing is just like, I just want to go where the culture takes me. And and if the culture is taking me here with open arms and I'm, I, I feel good, I'm there, let's do it, you know? 
and I feel safe by that. And 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 it happened in South Africa many occasions and many times. But I did I did you know I do little research when I go to these countries on purpose because I want to be surprised on film about you know just like I just want it to be very genuine how how we come across people and and it be about talent and not about who I heard was popping. So. Or the people there drive me to who they say is popping, not who the, someone in the states, a blogger, tells me is popping. Right. You know. So, so I, I, but I did do a little bit of research, just really quick, right when we were leaving, just to kind of get the pulse of like, the political scene or like, what the social, you know, political environment is right now. And 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 I did hear about this specific hood having this specific problem. And when we got there from the get, they were everybody was talking about it, saying you know, be careful if you go over there, be, just be careful. And when we got to that area, met some dudes and they were cool, really cool. And, 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 you know, I admire what they're doing and, you know, but we didn't hang out with them that long. So we didn't build a rapport with each other and they're just like, yeah, yeah, we'll take you in there. No problem. You know? And I'm like, all right, cool. And then my boy that was like connecting everything, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go in there. No problem. And he was, you know, he's a, he's a G. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. But when it came down to it, those dudes got kind of lost and we were kind of chasing them. And I was just like, you know what? Let's pull the plug. It just the vibe isn't there. You know, yeah. it's not worth it at the end of the day. But go. Sorry, I veered from your question. The point is, is I don't think it takes away. I think I answered it kind of. I don't think it takes away. But I am kind of consciously trying to figure out, like, what is the balance for me? Because, you know, in a sense, I feel like, you know, like I'm a, like a like a not a journalist, but. You know, I got to go where the story takes me. And sometimes it might take you to unsavory places. Yeah. But I'm not trying to, ex I guess the point that I was trying to make is that I'm I'm not going to exploit the unsavory. I'm trying to go and show you the brighter side of, of what's going on in some of these places. But, yeah. So that's that's my fatherly coming home. <laughs> <laughs> you were out there how long? How many days? In country, eight days. Uh, total travel time, 10 days. So 10 days away from your lady and your baby. Yeah. When did you hit that point where it was like, not that you couldn't take it, but like th th usually when you're going away that long for the first time, there comes a point where you kind of reach this, this height of, you know, missing anxiety, maybe anxiety, but definitely like missing your family. Right. Did you experience that where you felt it like all like fall on you? You know, it's, and I was telling Kay this, you know, it's a good trip when it kind of goes by pretty fast. And the first few days were the toughest, mm -hmm. like actually the travel time. We actually stopped in Spain and did a tour, uh, a little tourist type thing while we were, we had a 10 hour layover in Spain in Madrid and we went in and we, we did some stuff. And that time, you know, between those two days that it took to, to get to, to Johannesburg, and then that first day, that's when I felt the most, you know, like that I missed my family. And, and, and like, I, I just like was, I just couldn't take it those first couple of days. But once I got to work mm. and once things started happening, you know, and I was, thank God for FaceTime. And even though there was a six hour time difference, but we kind of figured out like certain times, if I couldn't see my daughter, I would see my girl. And if I couldn't see like, and if I, and if I didn't see my daughter, my girl would send me pictures or video knowing that I would see it when I would get to Wi-Fi. And so that made it easier, but, but, you know, just keeping busy is what helped. And we, we kept busy and, you know, it, it, the time went by pretty quickly and, and I felt, you know, it didn't feel too bad, but those first three days were the worst, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, that downtime. That downtime can be a killer. Yeah, because we're on planes and yeah, and you just and you know that you're leaving and you're like yeah, and then I don't know what's gonna happen when I get there and all this you know all these unknowns, but once we get it there and we start working, it, it, the time just went by fast and it, it got even to the point where my girl was like, when I got back, like damn. Feels like, you know, like, <laughs> like it's not what you know. It's like it's faster than you know. I thought it was gonna feel like. So for her too, she felt that as well. Yeah, she oh, she wow. actually she felt it because she she dreaded so much, you know, like the anticipation of it. That I think that it just it, I I don't know maybe it was just psychs you out. I know yeah, that feeling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know that feeling from when my when my wife used to travel, and just the the the, the lead up knowing that. She's going away, and yeah. you know the the household is going to be different, and you know all that stuff is, yeah. And I think for her it's the same thing in terms of staying busy. She's with my daughter; she has to attend to her twenty four seven. I think that busyness kind of helps speed up, you know, the days. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about that shit because recently I, I felt it more than I normally would, which is um, what you just described, Kay, like the wife being away or the lady being away for an extended period of time, which let's be honest, the ladies tend to hold down the kids and the activities and all this shit way better than we do. So my wife leaving for, I don't know, eight, 10 hours in a day. Right. I initially, like I was handling it fine, but then there comes a moment when hurricane fucking three-year-old whips up and causes havoc across the entire you know, household. Also, the other kids start to wild out as well. It's kind of like a domino effect. And then I find myself in this predicament where I'm just like, yo, do I bash their fucking heads in? Like, how do I, how do I t- calm the situation down? And then I jump to like, all right, I can't do none of that shit. So I just start like taking stuff away and, you know, normal over time it normalizes, but the stress fucking mounts so quickly that I, I'm just like, my wife will call like when she has a break or whatever and, and she'll be like, everything okay? I'm like, honey, can you, can you hurry home, please? Because <laughs> I'm like, and, and you know, like we, we talk about it, or at least I have mentioned it a few times, which is like, you know, I don't think, it, it's almost disrespectful when a, a, a father talks about the mother when the mom is like a, a stay-at-home mom. When somebody says, hey, what does your wife do? And you say, oh, she's just a stay-at-home mom. Like, I get so mad, especially going through these things now, where I'm like, yo, my wife does three times as much as I'm doing in a normal busy work day. Just staying at home, like, you know, dealing with everything. We know this, but, like, you know, it's I come across it so often, and it drives me nuts. Because I'm like, yo, do you know? Do you know what I went through when my wife was at work this day? Yeah. So... So it always like to this day, like I go lull, you know, it lulls a little bit and it kind of smooths out. But then there's these days, high impact days, where I'm just like, yo, I'm not built for this shit. But then you know the other tricky thing about that is that it's like, so for instance, if she checks in during the day and it, you know, you're at your limit, it's like, do you want to actually convey that to her, and then that's going to send her in a guilt trip and make her feel. Like, you know, she's obviously at work. She can't do anything about it. Um, so those are one of those kind of struggles that I had when my, when my wife was traveling or things. And, and I was like, damn, do I 
because you know I'm I'm losing it to an extent. Do I really want to let her know that? Because all it's going to do is just make her feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know what that's like to like you're away from home. You can't do anything about it. You get bad word or bad news or something's not going right. It makes you feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So so yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Like, I, I can't say that I think about it too much. Like I kind of let my emotions you just go with it. Yeah, I kind of let it go, which is not good per se, but like. I don't know if I can if I'm at the height that height, I just kind of let shit just go, and then afterwards I'm like, damn, sorry, it really yeah. was, it it really wasn't that serious at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I do that just in the in the today. I think I kind of I don't know if it was guilt tripping, but I usually take care of my daughter in the morning. Um, my girl will go in, to the gym. That's the time that she you know she'll go to the gym, and I told her today I'm like, man, for me to get starting to like get stuff done in the day you know by the time my girl you know gets back and showers up and tries to eat something and and then starts to you know tend to my daughter i'm like yo i'm exhausted like i don't feel like doing anything after all you know that morning you know of taking care of my daughter and i i feel like i'm guilt tripping her so i'm not really trying to but i guess i kind of am i don't know but it's <laughs> It's just, it, it, yo, it's crazy, man. Like, I can't imagine the full, I mean, well, the full day, it's on and off. Like, we have a weird, I think we all kind of have weird, not traditional, like, households in terms of, like, how how our, you know, significant others work and, and their daily schedules. And, you know, mine is not traditional. I don't think yours is, Kay. No. Like, maybe, Manny, yours isn't either, right? Nah. Nah, it's all, all over the place. Yeah, none of us are doing nine to fives, and and our girls aren't doing necessarily nine to fives, and it's it's just. It, it, I wonder if I do tend to think about is the nine to fivers the easier way because it's a predictable routine. Yes, because me and my girl end up clashing over the unpredictability of my schedule, and it's like, yo, I don't fucking you know I don't dictate it, you yeah. know, like I uh, you know, but. You know, it's like it's like a catch twenty two that me and her might kind of discuss, or that I'll feel inside of me. I'll be like, "Yeah, I worked hard to be an unpredictable schedule." Right. <laughs> like that 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 was the dream, you know, like that I could kind of do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. But at the same time, you know, I am I am at the mercy of you know unpredictability yeah. because when you're your own you know entrepreneur or businessman, you gotta like go with every flow, everything that comes at you. You gotta take advantage of every opportunity. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is the nine to five or the easier route to raise a family, you know, to raise children? I mean, just, just on the strength of it being more predictable, it helps, it lends itself to establishing a, a easier routine, I would imagine. Right. But you know, everybody goes to this shit. Like we're, we're actually in the middle of evaluating, um, daycares so that we can put my daughter in my youngest two days a week to help start to establish some sort of normalcy around her. Uh, Not necessarily, well, for her, but more selfishly for us so that I can have a more predictable work routine throughout the week. And then while my wife's working, because my wife is working like two days a week, she can go do that without having to worry in case I have meetings or whatever that I have to travel for, the baby's taken care of. And then when she comes back from work, she can pick her up or or I can get her, you know, regardless. But we're moving in that direction. It's trying to find some sort of mechanism that gives us 
some window of opportunity for a couple of days a week. Cause with that time I can, we can, our, I think our, our productivity as a family increases substantially because it's, it, it sucks. At, like again, small children, their erratic kind of routine sucks the life out of you. Even for a yeah. few, it could be a couple hours. And if you chasing them, screaming, tending to them, whatever the fuck it is, like you're beat, bro. And like, we're not built for this shit at, after a certain age. Yo, dog, I, I'm, I'll be dead after just a few <laughs> hours. Especially Yo. now. Like, I feel like she's in that new stage and she just, like, and she has, like, these food tantrums. Like, she wants to, like, snack, like, graze all fucking day. You know? <laughs> and if you don't give it to her, she'll fucking do, like, this, like, uh, like, Wookiee, like, scream. <laughs> and she, like, shakes uncontrolled. Like, Yo, are you having a seizure? What are you doing? <laughs> Not on my watch. Wait till your mom gets home. <laughs> <laughs> I stay doing that shit. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait till mommy gets here. Wait till mommy gets here. Okay, but, come on. What's what's your input, K? Yeah, yeah. On what? The Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on those forces. <laughs> um, actually, I was going to segue into something else because I think oh, we're okay. all on the same page on, on, on this one. <laughs> I've just been actually before we do that, I, I will say that because of um, I think the age age changes things for 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 how you feel like. So you're still in the you know, you've got the the young, the young you're in that youngish zone right now where it definitely feels like the energy, you know, your energy is depleted. It just even an hour or something of 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 caring for yeah. your daughter. And and man, your daughter's three, right? So yeah. still that kind of. I felt I felt like that too. It was just like, wow, man, you get so tired just from kind of because you have to tend to them the whole time. Yeah. Once my son started to just maybe it was around four ish, something like that. Once he's able to do more independent stuff, or like he could sit and start doing things by himself. Um, then it be, then it started not feeling like I didn't feel like so wiped out after, you know, having an extended period of like caring for him. Yeah. So there is there is light there. Well, I do want to say something to people listening, because um, maybe there's, there's some people who might be like, man, I wish I could have. And this this is only for parents. This is not for people who don't have kids. But maybe some parents out there would be like, man, I wish I had that person's job or I wish I had that person's lifestyle. Like, I think it's it's difficult all the way around. Each each different, you know, lifestyle has its own um, obstacles. And, yeah. and, you know, being, you know, doing what we do, maybe we, we have a more flexible work schedule and, and, and do things that seem fun. But at the end of the day, you know, like... In all reality, like, and, and this is today, like, I'm planning with my girl, like, the days that I'm going to go do outings to, like, basically it's party, but it's, you know, in our line of work, party is network and yep. and go out there and show face and, 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 you know, keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on because that's your job. And I literally have to schedule that. Like, it's a part of my work schedule. Like, okay, I'm going to do this this day and this. And then she's, like, you know, writing it down, like, I will... If you're gonna do that that day and that day, you're gonna be hammered. Uh, you're gonna have a hangover at this day. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, look, it's funny, but it's real. It's real, it's real right. shit, you know. And, and she's like, she's like, eh, I don't know if you want to schedule that for that day. You know, that's back to back drinking. That's two days. I don't know. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I won't drink that much. She goes and she looks at me like, 
Come on, son. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just it, it's tough, man. It's really tough. And you know, again, and you know, I'm a broken record with this shit on our show, but it's finding that vibe and inspiration is really difficult when you have this erratic child schedule. Yeah. And you're trying to be a proactive parent. You want to be involved. But at the same token, you're just like, yo, I got to find a, a fucking groove or a zone or a time alone. And, you know, and I, and I, every time I tell my girl, like, yeah, I, I think you guys probably have to go out today and do something, right? Like go to Target or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like if I say it, I'm evil. If she says it and it's like, yo, I'm going to go spend on something, uh-huh. like whatever, it's all good, you know? But yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy. Man. But but again, I do want to say big ups, like you said, Manny. My, you know, it is what what the ladies are doing in our lives and, and the mothers is that job is is incredible. Yeah, because just a few yeah. hours of that, I'm dead. Yeah, and I don't want it to sound like it's a you know it's a big we're fucking moaning and groaning about it so much. But no. the reality is that if you've yeah, never moaning, done, <laughs> if you've never done it before, especially taking care, of, you know, some people love the right. You know, love it and they thrive off it and then for those of us who are just being real about it it could be super tiring even though you love your kid it's just dude yeah it can be it can be tiring. even the even the fun things you think you're gonna do like whenever you're like let's have an outing with the kid you know with the family and oh, we're gonna go here and go there it seems nice but when you get there and then the, the baby has a tantrum or you know or, or the baby takes a big shit in its pampers like this shit ain't so much fun anymore. <laughs> it's, it's part of, of the being a parent job, and it's, it's not as much fun. So, In retrospect, it might be funny and fun, but I, not well. I, I don't. I don't want to cut Kay's train of thought, so please don't forget the segue. But I, yeah. this is like a perfect segue for what I what I kind of went through just now. So when you say you know, even things that are fun that you plan turn out to be even, probably even more work than just a casual day. Yeah. Think about it from a vacation standpoint, right? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I just came back from vacation, but thank God I went to a Disney resort. And so right. Disney has this shit in, in Hawaii where we went. It's called Auntie's Beach House is what they call it. And basically what it is, it's kind of like a kid's club, if you can imagine that, right? But they have they don't let no adults in there which I know might be a little funky, but they let you kind of come in and scope it out before you kind of drop your kids off. And then that's it. No adults can get in there uh, outside of their employees. And the kids can spend the entire day there if they wanted to. And my kids, especially my three-year-old, which I was shocked, didn't mind staying there for five, four or five and hours. who takes care of them if they need something, though? They have staff in there, and they're giving them all the attention they need so really yeah the only caveat is they have to be potty trained in order to go but outside of that they'll guide them to the bathroom they'll make sure that you know they get but i'm sure some kid has a mess i'm I'm sure it happens i'm sure it happens but but 10 for 10 like i can't say one bad thing about them all my kids love it and it gives the parents like you know when your kid when you're like fucking stuck you're like all right day one is done on vacation and you felt you feel like a, a fucking truck ran over you, right? Right. And then you're like, "Fuck, we gotta go do more shit tomorrow with these little <laughs> motherfuckers." <laughs> so then you're like, "So with this, yo, you could just be like, yo, why don't you could break it up and be like, yo, why don't you guys wake up early? You go over there and you spend a few hours. Yeah, oh my god, yes, yo, son, three, four hours. We over there drinking, 
chilling, not having to worry about shit. It's 9.30 in the morning. We over there sipping some tall shit, and them kids is doing what they got to do with you know away. They're enjoying themselves. We're enjoying ourselves, and then we kind of recover a little bit to then go get them. Do you, do you do check in on them, though? Because I feel like I'd be too worried about no. my kid in, in that. In, in our situation? Well, so you've got three, uh, right. so they can look out for each other. That's, right, okay. That's yeah. why yeah. We, we don't necessarily have that issue. And, and I'm, with, I'm with you, E. I'd be, I'd be checking yeah, in be all the time. Yeah, a little paranoid, man. There's parents that do it. Like, they're constantly yeah. checking in. But the cool thing is, like, obviously, they're going to call you if the kid needs anything. But, um, I mean, literally anything. The kid could be like, I don't, f- I, can't, I think I want to go with my dad. I'm not sure, but I maybe, yo, yo, Mr. Digital. All right. And then if I get there and the kid wants to stay, then I just got to haul my ass back. But they're very cautious about fucking everything. So, shouts to Disney. Um, check out the Fatherhood podcast. Yo, they're not giving us, us a check. Do not shout to yeah, I'm still. <laughs> yo, you should, you, what you should be doing is investing in Disney stock, motherfuckers. You got kids till like, they're 18, they're going to be fucking with Disney. Yeah, we're going to give them enough money. We don't need to give them money for the stocks. <laughs> Our luck, that shit will fucking plummet. <laughs> Um, really, before we end this note, though, I know we're shouting out the moms that do all the work, but shout out to single parents in general that have to do it on their own mm. and being specific to fatherhoods, any single fathers out there that are raising kids, kudos to you, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, segue. 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 Right. Okay. Go for it, Kay. So, <laughs> Remember, I so, have something, too. Yep. Yep. So um, talking about uh, sports. And I never really thought of it in in these terms. I was I was looking through different podcasts the other day, and and uh, I never really checked out Joe Rogan podcast. And I, oh, I watch it all the time. And there was um, an episode that had Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz from Brilliant Idiots, and they oh, yeah. they were on the show. So I said, all right, let me let me listen to this one. And they started Joe Rogan and Charlemagne started talking about being parents about and and their kids, and they they had an interesting conversation about about because they you know they're obviously well off and they're raising kids in uh you know in a, in a privileged environment right mm-hmm. the the kids are better off than they were when they were coming up right and and so andrew said something like well how do you you know, obviously you want your kids and he's not a father. So yeah. he, he was just Chelsea, like, you know, Chelsea came out of left field with some yeah. shit, right? <laughs> so it was, you know, how do you, obviously you want your kids to, to grow up and be safe and all that good stuff, but how do you teach them how to take a loss and how to, you know, deal with defeat and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then Joe Rogan was like sports. He's like, that's a, and I never thought of it that way. It's like, it's a, it, a kid can learn how to lose and how to get themselves back up in a controlled environment. It's unlike like if, you know, someone's learning, learning on in the streets or whatever, and it's not a controlled environment, you know, something goes wrong. Um, you know, you could, a lot of shit could, could, uh, affect your future as opposed to sports. You know, you, you, you know, you get defeated, something bad happens, you fuck up, whatever, um, it's you know you're in a controlled environment and it's up to you mentally to you know to raise right. yourself back up. And I never really, I never really thought of sports in that light before because I've never really been much of a like a sports guy or anything. So um, I don't know. I thought that was that stuck with me. I'm like, oh shit, that is a 
that is a good way to look at it as opposed to, you know, competitive nature and all that kind of stuff. And you probably have to differentiate because I think I'm on the same page with UK in terms of not being so into sports, unlike our, our friend Manny Digital over here. I'm of the of the mind frame that I would hate me. I'm, I'm speaking for myself only. I would hate for, you know, my kid or, or my family to be like immersed in like just fan, you know, this fandom of sports and kind of like it's kind of like social media. To me, that's the pre-social media. It was sports. You know, like being obsessed with something and kind of taking all your time. Mm-hmm. But the act of doing sports, I've always thought was a positive thing. And, and, you know, whether it's health benefits or even what you're saying, I never thought of it as much as the way you're mentioning it. But, yeah, it makes total sense. The act of doing sports, I think there's not much that can be wrong other than what's, you know, head injuries from if you play football for too long or right. stuff like that, you know. Because I think about it, my, I mean, you know, I definitely want my son to – and he is – being raised in an environment that's more stable and that's you know that's uh, safer and all that kind of stuff so um yeah like you want the best you want to spoil your kids in a sense but you also want them to make sure that they understand that they can't always get what they want there are going to be times where they lose they have to be able to you know fail and pick themselves back up um and thinking of that like yeah having that happen in a controlled environment makes a lot of sense and that, that just kind of Maybe there's a business opportunity here. We- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can create. You're always, yeah, the, the team that always loses. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have a controlled environment hood. Yeah. That, and we, we we mimic all the things that we went through growing up. And it's in a controlled environment. And we throw our kids in there. And I, think we, we- I, I think we had this business idea a couple a couple yeah. episodes this, ago. This, 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 idea? this is a yeah, reoccurring reoccurring yeah. business idea i don't think we realized the controlled environment aspect of like, it i think <laughs> it's like the it's like the the opposite of disney world right just put it that way <laughs> i will say uh me being the sports nut of the group pause um well this, first have, have being a sports nut have you have you always known this about sports have you ever lo- have you looked at it in, in that light before yeah i, I have and a okay. lot actually um but even bigger than that so so yes the 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 lessons you learn around how how to lose because that's one aspect of it not just suffering a loss but how to graciously lose and also how to use that loss and try to use it as motivation to gain a win at some point in the future those are fundamentals that pretty much any sport will will teach you but also what i found personally just going through the corporate world you know and i ask when i when i'm asked to speak to kids i I usually say this which is basically you grow up your entire life as a student right um understanding that working with others for you know classroom stuff tests quizzes whatever is is cheating Right. So everything that you're taught, you're taught to kind of do on your own until maybe high school or college when you have like, you know, labs that you share projects on or whatever. But for the most part, you're working independently. When you get to the real world and you're working at a company or even your own business, you have to rely on teams in order to do whatever, in order to be successful. And so team sports give you that opportunity really early. So you learn how to work with each other, what your role is, what your weaknesses are, strengths are, and then put those to work in a team environment, but also like the fundamentals of, of, of like critical thinking, 
right? You have to be able to assess a situation and act accordingly in order to have a favorable outcome. If not, your team suffers. And and acknowledging that as well, like, yo, I did these, I did X, Y, and Z. Now the team took an L. Like a lot of kids, I feel like, especially if you look at it now, you know, when you, you see a kid that's kind of selfish or what have you, I feel like a lot of that not necessarily will go away, but I think it, it will diminish it a little bit if they are working on a team sport or what have you. So I, I always big up sports, not just because I, I enjoy them, but the, the after effects of sports. Even if they don't go pro in that particular sport, I think it's still super favorable in the development of a child. I can agree with that. And that's a okay. public safety announcement from <laughs> fatherhoods. <laughs> You think it's realistic that I want my I want to put my daughter in karate, gymnastics, and some other martial arts so she could be a ninja? Yeah. <laughs> that was all I wanted to be when I was a kid was a ninja. It's pretty very realistic, actually. It's, it's extremely realistic. <laughs> oh, yeah? I, I think yeah, you should do you it. Just be driving, you'd just be driving around all, all the time. I, I think no, you I'm should. I'm talking about the ninja part. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah. She needs to be a ninja at the end of all of that. <laughs> I mean, you could get her the suit. She'll have the training. No, she has to be a trained assassin. <laughs> I'm going to work on it. Shit. They got those um, ultimate, what is it? Is it ultimate warrior? American ninja, ninja warrior? Uh, American ninja warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah that but that's shit. not the yeah. same type of ninja. No, I know, I know. But I know. it just made me think. They got, they, they, got, they got the kids one. Yeah, yeah they got the kids joints. So, like, you could go mm-hmm. take your kid and do the obstacles and all that other shit. Yeah, my, my girl lo- makes me watch it all the time. I mean, it's pretty dope. I, I Actually, I'll put my daughter in that as well. So it'll be that, karate, <laughs> gymnastics, uh, what other, maybe some kind of samurai sword training. Nah, man, we got to get, get her into basketball, bro. That's not gonna make her a ninja, bro. No, it it it'll intensify the ninja's skills. She'll <laughs> apply it to basketball. It'd be amazing. If she'll she'll throw some stars and, and, <laughs> and smoke bombs at the opponents, <laughs> and then dunk that bitch right there. <laughs> you want her to be you when you were like eight? That's what you want. No, but successfully, what I wasn't successful at. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want her to be Storm Shadow from GI Joe. <laughs> Oh shit! You know how you know how we were talking about like playing with kids. Well, we didn't say this per se, but like you know, having fun with your kid and how how tiring it is. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, yo, I don't really. Not that I don't know how to play with my small children, I just don't fucking want to. <laughs> like my three year old in particular. Like, and I feel terrible because it's not five minutes that she wants to play. She wants to play for an hour and a half. And her form of playing is, all right. So like she has um. Have you ever heard of um, oh, Peppa the pig? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Peppa the pig. She got these little figures, right? And she. Oh, uh, you got to do the the talking. I gotta talk like Daddy yeah. Pig. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and yo, I I get tired of fucking doing the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, that could be annoying after a while. So I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, do these dudes gotta do that shit too? Like. I mean, K, you're probably removed from that, but E, you're like, not, in, this is the, you get there's close. a difference in my world. I actually like doing it, and uh, my daughter looks at me like you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll do like the Elmo voice or the Cookie Monster, and she'll like one, she'll give me a little grin and, ha, you know, but then I keep doing it, and she just walks away, <laughs> <She's> <laughs> not interested. 
<laughs> and I and I find myself continuing to do it, hoping she'll come back. <laughs> she just doesn't come back. <laughs> and then now, you know, she's just getting into the stage of like really playing. We have a, a kitchen set for her and and we have blocks and stuff, which is really cool to see her playing with the blocks. But what's funny with the blocks is we have these big like Lego type things too. Yeah. Like the big joints. And I'm like put like she wants to play. So we're playing together and we're putting it. But then she's making these these structures that aren't structurally like sound. Like they're yeah, they're not gonna stay on the ground. They're just gonna flip, you know, fall over. So I'm like trying to make the base for her. And like I get into it more than she does. And I like create like this foundation and I start piling and I'm like, yeah, look at this tower. And she looks and she goes, ah, and bomb, and she destroys it. <laughs> and starts taking it up. I'm like, no. That's what playing is for me and my daughter right now. You're the one good. thing we we do, we do that seems that is pretty cool is that she does seem to like music and I'll play music and she she tries to like say the lyrics. Like one of the songs that, she, that she's got into that I got into after watching that Queen movie was the Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. And she loves that song. I play that and she's like trying to sing along with it, which bugs me out. And she'll like dance. Today I put some Jackson 5. And she was just into it, like, and it, and she seems to vibe to different types of music, different types of way. Yeah, it shows oh, me that she's dope. like kind of gets it's different stuff, you know. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What was what was your segue? You had the segue. Next segue. Yeah. This segue might be too long to talk about right now. <laughs> Let's see, let me. Is uh, it about euphoria? Because no, but actually, yeah. it, we need to. Know, it, it, <laughs> this kind of relates to euphoria a little bit. So you finally watched it, right? Because you texted yeah. me about it. Yeah. You haven't watched it, Kay, right? No, so I did. I watched um, I watched two episodes, and then I fast-forwarded through maybe another two. Um, I couldn't take it. <laughs> I couldn't take it. So you didn't like it? Be honest. You didn't like it? No. If you say I you thought... like it, it kind of sounds like you're a pedophile, to be frank. No, no. Like, I could understand. Uh, I think it's a well-made program. That's what so, I'm, I'm looking at it from that standpoint. Here's, here's what it left me. For me, like, I could see why people would dig it. I think for me, it, because it was so out there, it just, like, every when I was done watching it, it made me feel not so great after I was done watching it. Yeah, it, left no, me, it, le- it left me with a bad vibe. And, yeah. um, and, like probably yeah. how the drug addict girl feels in the show. It makes you feel like her. Yeah. Like so, shit, I, you know? so uh, I just was, I don't feel like feeling like this. I didn't want to watch it anymore. And then also for me, it just was like, well, shit, I don't really think any of the characters have anything redeeming about them. They're all fucked up. They're all. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I didn't. I think the drug dealer dude has something redeeming. Well, you haven't watched it that far. Yeah, and, I mean, and the drug addict girl kind of does. It's yeah, to, I couldn't to, I, I couldn't get into it other than it just made me feel like you, uh, you, it, it gave me anxiety. I said I don't. Manny, before you go into it, this is the thing about the show that's kind of ill that if you don't watch it, you're gonna feel how you feel. Um, each episode kind of takes on each a different character and explains to you why they are who they are and like a little history about them. And so you kind of start to learn about each each of these characters with one episode. They kind of dedicate a whole episode to one character. And you kind of get more involved. Like, oh, okay, now I, I see the reason why this person is like this. And it's kind of like then you'll start to see redeeming things in them potentially or reasons why. You'll be more sympathetic to, yeah. to, to their... I, I didn't want to see anything about him. At the, like, yeah, I don't, I don't like any of them. I'm, what, what, Manny, I'm what were you going to say? No, I was going to say uh, I appreciate the... 
the way it's constructed. Like it's really good quality program. It's yeah. a good quality program. I I didn't I I felt the same as K, but I'm still gonna watch it because I, I was interested enough to kind of follow along and see what happens next. It's a lot of fucked up shit that goes on though, which is no, it's it's an extreme. It shows taking something to the extreme. It but is, it's, but it's, it's still a, real. Like it's no, it's real. It's real. real. But it's it's everything real. Like all, like like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's just whatever. It's extreme. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. Concentrated is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It's all all these fucked up things concentrated into one hour show or whatever, and you're just like bombarded with all this negative imagery of what's going on, like with the youth or what people are doing out there and pedophiles and. And rape and culture and drug culture and all this crazy fucked up shit. Yeah, but there's a there's a truth in all of that, you know. Yeah, I think there's definitely a truth to it, and all that stuff happens. I think for me, it just started feeling like, well, damn, here's a, you know, there's ten, fifteen characters in this thing, and they're all kind of interrelated, and all of and you know, all of them are fucked up. And then I was just like, I don't know about it. If I can, it, it just made me feel like, damn. So I. There's not one person who's not doing something fucked up in the, yeah. in this in this show. I'm trying to think, I don't know, man. I mean, I think the drug dealer is the most redeeming character in the show. <laughs> right? Look, but, look what that know. says. <laughs> nah, he's he's mad cool, man. He reminds me of mad people I know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think it's a great show, man. I'm gonna try to keep watching it. It is crazy though. And so on that, really quick, and I don't know how much we could talk about this, but we'll just really quick. So. I thought this was a joke when I first read it. Have anybody has anybody watched the? And this is also a topic for probably another episode. The the new Dave Chappelle. Yeah. No, I heard about it, and I, I'm gonna watch it. I Stick, haven't I haven't watched it yet. Sticks and stones, right? Yeah. It's yeah. I not to skew you one way or the other, but I think it's fucking super dope. And it is. It is. It's shocking. There's shit that he says that's shocking, but it's whatever. It is. You got a, your own opinion. From what I heard, it's just like he says the stuff that a lot a lot of people are just thinking in their heads and he's like fuck it let me just put it out there yeah he's taking the old school comedy route like it's just like yo i'm gonna say whatever the fuck i want you know fuck the politically correct shit yep and it's like it's jokes and if you take it too serious i'm a fucking comedian you're an idiot that's basically like the stance that he's taking and so he talks about this thing that i thought when he said it it was funny as hell i kind of could believe when he said it that it's real but to see an article and i don't know if this has anything to do with the fact that you know he talks about it now all of a sudden there's an article about this so basically this is the article usa today transracial man born white says he feels filipino yo (laughs) (laughs) but yo when he said that piece when when dave Chappelle said that bit i was yo my wife and i were watching we was like yo he's right on the money because it's it's basically the same con you know concept as far as how transgender people go yeah. about expressing themselves, right? Right, right. So, yeah, but it's mind blowing. Like I, I, as soon as he said it, I was like, "This shit's fact. It's happening." If it's not already, and look at that. So, so my question is, and I was gonna play the the news piece, but I, I I'll spare us that. Um, so my question to you is, what would you do if your kid came to you and said? I feel like um, Ethiopian, you know, or whatever. Like they feel like there's some other race or nationality or ethnicity. You know, what would you say to that? Like, never mind. We already kind of know what we would all think if if our son or daughter said they were gay. You know, we would mm-hmm. probably be accepting and try to figure it out. And we've talked about it in the past. But 
this right here is some other shit on top. Like, I mean, how many more layers of this stuff do we have to endure in, in humanity, man? Okay, mm. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> I guess the, the answer is I don't know. <laughs> like, like I, this is the thing. Sorry, but this is what's next? What's next? The, the next person is going to be like, born, let's say they're born Hispanic, right? Yeah. And they're going to say, you know what I feel like? I feel like I'm Vietnamese, Jamaican, Trinidadian, <laughs> Canadian. That's what I feel like I am. <laughs> so, so I think, um, I think the route that I, it up, you know? I think the route that I would take would be um, trying to explore that a little more, as opposed to like, you know, be proud of who you are and where your family comes from and all that good stuff, and then instead of instead of Instead of making it feel like you have to become something else in order to like what you like is to like yourself, but yet you can participate and have respect for whatever other culture or race or, you know, that, that, that you're feeling in tune with that. And that's probably like a long, you know, that that's probably like a, uh, a step-by-step process because it's really like getting you to just kind of feel you know, feel comfortable with who you are and, and understand that that doesn't necessarily like whatever you're born or whatever, all that stuff, all this stuff doesn't necessarily define what we can like and what we, and you know, what we can take part in. And, um, but there's ways to go about it without having to just, you know, like be the professor of Filipino culture studies at university of whatever (laughs) for the fuck, you know, like it's just, it's just a little crazy, man. like like first of all do you believe that that would be that that's something valid that someone could say like that that's real like i think at this i I think at this point i don't know i think it's it's so like this whole idea of just being able to change who you are and you know it's it's become pretty normalized at this point where you know i think no one's second guessing like if someone decides well wait a second i don't really feel like i'm this i I, I I was supposed to be this, or I should be this. Um, I think that's such a normal conversation now that no one's like, uh, it's like okay. <laughs> you <laughs> could say that, but there's, it seems that it's getting to the it's okay. We you know then there there becomes laws that get you know attached to these things, legislation, uh, you know, uh, people, you know, whether it's like let's say for transgender, the thing with the with the bathrooms, yeah. you know, now there's transracial, like you know. It starts to get to a, a crazy place. It's like, where does it all go? Like, where does it end at some point? You know, where it where ends when it the all... world is ruled by robots. By and then we're all fucked. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's coming exactly. soon. That's coming yeah. soon. For, for and me, then the robot says, "I'm human." <laughs> right. I feel like I'm... Yo, it's facts. Those movies it's are sorry. coming true. You've been mean to me this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to be serious about how I would approach that. I look at it just from the three perspectives, right? My three different age children. The the bottom two, the six-year-old and the three-year-old, I'd probably shut it down quick and be like, ah, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't even know how to wipe your ass right yet, right? Like, that's probably the approach. For my 12-year-old, I'd likely question her a little bit to understand maybe what the root of it is and see if we can get her to a place to kind of lean more toward like all right you got to first figure out who you are and how well you know yourself 
before you can start thinking about you want to be something that is a little far down the road than what you, you know, portray. So get to know yourself a little bit better. And if she doesn't already, like, enjoy and, and like yourself. But I would immediately kind of shut it down also. I probably probably fucked up to say, but I would I would kind of not necessarily joke about it, but, you know, wipe it away a little bit with some jokes versus, like, really go hard and fast at trying to, you know, do some sort of psycho- psychiatric evaluation with her. Because I feel like you don't know yourself yet. How are you going to start talking about I want to be another, you know, person type of person or whatever have you that it almost negates the you being parents of that person because if they say that they don't feel that they're the race or whatever the hell you know who cares about first of all i don't care about race nobody yeah. we, we know we don't care about that we're right. and and you know and and our thoughts in the past i think we all agreed in terms of uh gender stuff that you know as long as we would try to like hold off our kids till they were at a certain adult age that they can make this decision more properly and then we'd support them. I think we all kind of agreed. Yeah. Right? More or less? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it boils down to it. Like, I think we've, we understand that it takes a long time to get to know yourself. If of you're, in the, if you're in the business of trying to if, learn who you are, right? If, if yeah. ever you know yeah. yourself, because right. yeah. you're, it's an ongoing evolution of yourself. Yep. You know, and it could take years before you feel comfortable with yourself, before you realize like, all right, well, this this makes me tick or I'm able to change this thing about myself that I didn't really like. I mean, it takes a long time. And and I think from a kid's perspective, you know, the impatience uh, just like escalates the desire to to change because they're not in the business of taking the time to know themselves. Right. And Ooh. in the age of social media where that impatience is coupled with immediate sh- like gratification, gratification of showing what you've changed yourself to other people. Like, look, I, I am not who I say I am. I did this. I did that. You know, like it, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, like it's up to us. And, and it's up to us to push them in that direction. You know, it's up to the parents to push them in that direction to think about those things. Like, you know, think about who you are. Think about what makes you tick. You know, do you know? When when friends are pressuring you to do one thing, you know, do you know who you are inside to do the right thing that you know that's going to sit well with you? Listen to you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and um, there's there's probably a lot of parents who don't push their kids in that direction, or a lot of parents that just give in immediately to whatever whims right. their right. kids, which I don't, I personally don't agree with. I think that at the end of the day, we want our kids to be happy. I think that's the ultimate goal. And if at some point being happy means gay, straight, transgender, transracial, whatever the hell, once we feel that they, you know, they at an age that that's a decision they need to make for themselves, we're going to, you know, support it however we can because we want them to be happy. But we want to make sure that they don't make any rash decisions at a young age that affects them for the rest of their lives. Facts. Yo, there's like two hot takes right there. K yeah. just dropped one, and, and EFN, congratulations. You hot take. I think the next thing is Tran fantasy character. I think that's already out there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's called a virtual reality, my friend. It's out no, there. like, the, well, yeah, yeah. Or the next person is going to be like, I think I was born Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> she's not real. No, 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 she's real. No, she's, I'm, I'm her. I am. I'm her, him, her. I'm, I mean, whatever. I'm her. Think about all those people who think they're Jesus. 
<laughs> you for real? There's people that think they're Jesus right now. What? Oh yeah. Well, besides Marilyn Manson, I don't know. <laughs> Is it Marilyn Manson? No, I don't know, bro. All right. On that note, <laughs> before we get any further, <laughs> watch, the watch some Euphoria, kid. <laughs> yeah, I might. I might do one tonight. Whoa! Episode. <laughs> Episode. <laughs> oh man! All right, boys. TV guys. All right. Later. Peace. Pizza. <laughs>